0: It's the end of the
1: world as we know it, and I feel
0: fine. That's great, it starts with an earthquake, first takes an aeroplane, many brutes, not afraid. I have a listen to yourself, the world, with the don't need something, I in your own head. Beat it up and our feet, got no seats, The ladder for the clatter, with the fear of fight down tight. Fire in the fire, resistance of the gangs and the government for hiring the combat sight. But you wasn't coming in a hurry, but you're it down, your neck. Let me pour to a the of the river, with the world in me you tell me the rhythm with the the right you the a light, right like side it's the end of the world as we know it love the, the world as we know it it's the end of the the world as we know it Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Your source for information on how to succeed if everything else fails. And now, your hosts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. This is the hour of Doom.
1: Well, if you live in Texas, in the southern area, it probably is, unfortunately.
0: And Louisiana now. Oh,
1: gosh. But for everyone else, and hopefully for the future of South Texas and Louisiana, it is also the hour of bloom.
0: That's right, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour, a serious second of serenity in a nonsensical world. I'm Joe Alton MD, also known as Dr. Bones of doomandbloom.net, where you'll find close to a thousand posts videos and podcasts on medical preparedness for any disaster.
1: And I'm Nurse Amy. I'm an advanced registered nurse practitioner and a certified nurse midwife.
0: You'd think we would hit a thousand articles by and posts well, and videos by now, but we've been I, taking some off. I have a that gonna gonna are say.
1: I have bad news for old, you. Old, old, old. You, as you're advancing, I'm going to the back, and I'm finding things that somehow pictures got corrupted or the article just is formatted wrong, so I've been deleting some things.
0: I'm sorry. No wonder. As you're
1: running as fast as you can, I'm pulling the rug out from underneath you.
0: What a mess. Oh, well, that explains everything. Who are you, by the way?
1: I already said who I was. Oh, you said you
0: were Nurse Amy? Yes. All right. You forgot. Are you senile? And you know who we are? We are the (laughs) dynamic duo. We are the prodigious pair. We are the courageous couple. And we're here to help you keep it together, even if everything else falls apart.
1: Wait, I asked you if you're senile. You have to answer that. Or did you forget I forgot that I <laughs> already.
0: So I don't think an answer is necessary. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> Just say no.
0: <laughs> I'll say no, but the truth is yes.
1: No. Friends
0: and neighbors, have you been injured in an accident with a troublesome turkey? Well, our attorney says, don't call me. Call Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. And listen to this. How about a birdsome bird a bird a bothersome bird
1: bothersome bird there you go a birdsome bird maybe
0: that'll be next week's
1: okay all information given and opinions voiced on dr bones and nurse amy's survival medicine hour are for entertainment purposes only and do not represent medical advice for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings No contract or provider-patient relationship exists or is implied between the hosts and listeners. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy strongly urge their audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever and wherever it is available.
0: Ah, but when the rescue helicopter is not on the way, you might end up as the highest medical asset left to your family. So what do you do? I'll tell you what you do. You show the world you got more sense than a box of bananas That's what, by learning what to do for injuries and illnesses when you are on your own, when you're off the grid, and while you're at it, get some supplies and a medical kit to go along with all that knowledge. That's our bird. The
1: the bird said, okay. (laughs) I don't know if they can hear it.
0: That's our African gray parrot, It was perfect
1: timing, though. TD
0: bird stands for that. Dern. uh, Uh, Dern Okay, we'll say Dern Dern Bird (laughs) Well, what better place to get your medical supplies Than the lovely Nurse Amy's entire line of often imitated Never equaled medical kits at store.doomandbloom.net They'll help you handle medical issues you'll face in tough times And they're designed by, sure enough, an MD that's me, and an advanced registered nurse practitioner, that's her. I
1: think it would be better if I was the doctor and you were the nurse practitioner. And why is that? I think that would be awesome. Yeah,
0: I'll bet. Let's you think change
1: that. it up a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, well, maybe we'll try I that. I need to now. get
1: my medical degree.
0: You should. You should. Go right ahead. Is there again. any online Feel free. educational programs? Yeah. I don't feel like
1: going to universities with 22 year olds. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Granny. I'm here to become a doctor. (laughs) We'll say, Aren't you a little old for this? (laughs) Well,
0: even they would be impressed by your medical kits. And I want you guys out there to compare our kits. Don't just get them. Look first, look around, compare our kits for contents, qualities, and price with anybody else's stuff, or just ask anybody who's ever bought one of our kits. And you'll agree, our kits are the ones you should have in your medical storage. Right. Right. The bird says right. <laughs> hey. Comedic <laughs> timing, I swear. You know, we learn as much from you guys as you do from us. That should be pretty clear. So what's new, you guys? Mm-hmm. Share with the class, please. It's easy. And here's the lovely nurse Amy to tell you how.
1: Absolutely. Write to us anytime at drbonespodcast at aol.com. You can also go to doomandbloom.net and submit a... Contact us page. Yes. Thing. Contact us (laughs) page. Yes. It's very easy. It'll shoot us an email. It will definitely get there. Some browsers just have a hard time sending to AOL. What can I say? We are also on Facebook. We have our first and foremost group called Survival Medicine Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Super amazing people. They have conversations. They chat amongst each other and we talk about different kinds of survival medicine topics. So you'll find like-minded folks there who are actually interested in this kind of topic. We also have, if you want to follow our Facebook page and make sure you get all of our updated articles and just kind of tidbits of what's going on with us, is Doom and Bloom. So that's a Doom and Bloom page. You can follow that. That would be super awesome for us. We have Twitter, is at Prepper Show. I've been very active. I think I put up five tweets yesterday.
0: Yeah, you put up household hints. uh, I do. Tips for, hacks for your life and all that stuff. You
1: know, I did. I shared uh, an article that you just wrote about a year ago. On 13 Tips for Flooding, Uh for folks that are either preparing to have a flood, you know there's a Hurricane Irma
0: that's
1: swirling out there that's going to become a Category 4?
0: Sure could hit South Florida. Well, they've
1: got it tracking just in front of us, kind of skirting the East Coast, but it's so far out right now, who Who knows? knows? And it's really warm, folks. This is why Harvey became a Category 4, because the waters are just super warm, and it's just... Pure energy for these hurricanes. That's unfortunately why these during this time have been so bad. This is when uh, Andrew had hit also. Right. Was during this time. When did, what month was Katrina?
0: Uh, late August, same, around oh, the okay. same time. <laughs> well, all
1: right. Well, obviously hurricanes in late August, early September are the ones you want to avoid. Uh, so anyway, we I put up uh, tips for flooding connected to your articles. I also found something interesting, a little video about why do we yawn? So if you want to see that little video, you have to go to our Twitter account at Prepper Show and just scroll back to yesterday and you can see that little video. Yesterday's
0: tweets, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So just, you know, some little tips and hints and and health tips and what's going on. Uh, just interesting stuff I try right. to pull out of the world.
0: I actually put up <clears throat> on Twitter uh, one of my old articles I never thought I would put up again. Last year, a kid was actually... Killed by an alligator, and I talked about alligator attacks and how how you could possibly survive one. Right, and and sure enough, there are alligators all over the streets, flooded just, streets. I was of, just going to uh, say that the reason you Louisiana. put it up is
1: because of the flooding and these alligators that have their little environments and their territory mm-hmm. are sort of unwillingly mm-hmm. moved away. Yeah, they like to stay where they are. They like their home base. They have their territories, but. You know when there's too much flooding they just start moving around so unfortunately uh people are going to have to deal with those so good article to share honey
0: absolutely very good and what, let's see have we talked about the our youtube channel
1: i yes that's you our next thing that. i have not oh. but i will our youtube channel is dr bones uh, nurse amy there's no and dr bones nurse amy easy to find you can also look it up as uh, doom and bloom and it'll come up in the search results Um, Let's see Uh, Let me talk about a couple places we're going to be We're going to meet this weekend Which is Labor Day weekend at Chattanooga I'm excited My brother lives over there His kids are actually going to come to the show And my dad and my stepmom are going to be at the show in Chattanooga
0: We'll be at the RK Prepper (laughs) Show uh, In Chattanooga And then another RK Prepper Show In Knoxville, Tennessee
1: Absolutely That's next week Yep, and we'll be doing a suture class on the 10th in Knoxville at 9.30. Um, The next thing we'll be is in Denver. We're going to fly out to Colorado. So beautiful out there. We'll be in Denver on the 22nd and the 23rd of September. That's a Friday and a Saturday. The suture class will be on Friday afternoon. I believe it's one to four o'clock p.m. on Friday, and then the next thing is we're actually going to come back up here to Gatlinburg area, which is where we are now. Mm -hmm. And October twenty-first, don't forget it, folks. We're going to do that rarely taught eight-hour survival medicine class. You'll learn a lot. So you can go on our classes page at doomandbloom.net, find out where we'll be and what we're teaching. A lot of
0: hands-on stuff. You'll be able to learn We're
1: trying all right. Trying to make some effective <laughs> medics out there
0: Well Hurricane Harvey has left a wake of destruction Throughout South Texas and has hung around to pour up to 50 inches Of rain on the area Overflowing levees Flooding neighborhoods And causing deaths and injuries there And now on the Louisiana coast Of course we want to start our show By giving support and sending prayers For the folks in Houston, Rockport, Port Arthur Corpus Christi, Beaumont And all the other areas That are affected, and of course those folks that are dealing with flooding issues right now in Louisiana as well.
1: I can't believe this thing is moving so slowly. Usually a hurricane roars through, and we know this because we live in South Florida, folks, and we have survived quite a few hurricanes, Mm -hmm. some milder than others, including way back in 1992, around the same time, almost to the day that Harvey hit, we had Hurricane Andrew. Exactly. Not, not a lot of people remember that, but that was pretty severe. The flooding wasn't nearly as bad as what's going on with Harvey. But, you know, it just it happens. It's crazy. And the fact that it's sitting in one location is it, just dumping. It's pulling up water from the Gulf. It's in, like, this weird location where it's it was sort of half on land, half on water. Right. So it would pick up from the ocean— Swirl it around and dump it on the land, and then swing back around and pick it up from the ocean and dump it on the land.
0: Sort of like a vicious loop.
1: Repeatedly. It started to hit, I think, Friday night, which was August 25th, and it's just continued for the past few days, relentlessly. I think just now that it's starting to clear up and, and folks are finally starting to, to see, possibly very soon, the light of day.
0: Well, I think that is amazing how long it lasted, and I think that is wonderful that it's going to be stopping, but that doesn't mean Oof. that things are just going to dry up right away. I mean, there are no. a lot of places that have four feet of water uh, and co- covering up entire neighborhoods, and so this is going to be a, a long time recovering from this storm. It's just a, an amazing amount of rain. I uh, Apparently, it is at least... As far as has been recorded historically, the largest rainstorm that ever has hit the continental US.
1: Ever. 52 inches recorded in Houston. As of when we're recording this, which by the way is on Wednesday, you folks might not be listening to us until Saturday, um, but oh, this has been really bad.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know that we are disaster preparedness folks and we write about storms and floods and all sorts of different things and how you can best survive them and we want to talk a little bit about hurricane survival and flood survival hurricanes can certainly be dangerous but they don't have to be life-threatening for those people who are prepared uh, unlike tornadoes which pop up suddenly hurricanes are first identified when they're many miles away normally maybe hundreds maybe thousands of miles away in some cases and we can watch their development and have a good idea of how bad the situation might be and how much time we have to get ready now despite this a lot of people are just not prepared to handle the dangers to life and property that can occur in these kinds of storms hurricane harvey is a high level storm was a high level storm it had winds uh, up to i think 131 miles an hour turned out to be i think a hurricane grade or hurricane level category four. Four. category four four. (laughs) four. Yep. hurricanes are graded into five categories by something called the sapphire simpson scale the scale uses maximum sustained winds as a measure category one is 74 to 95 mile per hour sustained winds that when they say sustained winds they mean winds over a 10 minute period what is the average uh, of those winds gotcha. A uh, category two is 96 to 110, category three 111 to 130. Har- uh, Harvey just barely made it over that category into category four 131 to 155 miles an hour. And the category five is over 155 miles an hour, which I that believe that was Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Andrew, and Andrew, also, right? Both, those two exactly were both har- category five storms. Although hurricane season starts in June, most major storms indeed seem to hit in late August, like Hurricane Katrina, Andrew, and now Harvey have.
1: It's funny, you don't really think of fall, you know, after September 21st as being part of hurricane season. You really do think of that as sort of a summer thing that would happen, but we've had a few that happen in October, I believe, Wilma yes. was an October hurricane.
0: That's exactly right. I do we remember were the here, year. We were here. We're in, <laughs> we're in Gatlinburg, Tennessee in October every year, and that's when it hit our home in Florida. And September and October seemed to be, along with late August, seemed to be pretty high More. intensity or high probability But they hadn't
1: times. been before then. October had been a pretty quiet month for many, many, many years. And then suddenly... We got this active hurricane season.
0: Right. And even Hurricane Sandy hit uh, the Jersey Shore in late October. So that was a Strange really Strange time. Yeah. You, you, just,
1: you, uh, you just think of it as a summer thing, not, not a fall thing. But it does happen at, at that time. I believe it goes until around November 12th. I think right. it's around the, when hurricane season ends.
0: Officially ends, right. Yes.
1: So you can pretty much have a peaceful Thanksgiving.
0: Yes. <laughs> 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 nice. How nice. <laughs> Well, uh, let's talk, I just want to talk for a minute about an effective plan of action for hurricanes. And those plans take into account factors like shelter, clean water, food, power, and other important issues. Now, by planning before a hurricane threatens your area, you're going to avoid that mad rat rush for supplies that leave supermarket shelves empty. I'm sure everybody's seen photos or has experience going to the supermarket and fi- before a storm and finding the shelves pretty empty
1: Uh, as a matter of fact they showed him for harvey too harvey was highly unusual a lot of times we're tracking these for a long period of time as they kind of swirl off of africa and travel across the atlantic we sort of know these are on the way and we have several days to prepare knowing that maybe not how strong it's going to be but you know where the path is this sort of came up from nowhere. And became a hurricane. I heard on one day, oh, we think it's gonna be a category one. And I thought, well, you know, it's it's a hurricane, but it's not bad that bad. Enough, but... And less than thirty six hours later
0: It's a category four, I know what you mean. Now the National Weather Service keeps a close eye on hurricanes, issues two types of warnings. A hurricane watch where hurricane conditions are possible within a specified area, and hurricane warnings where hurricane conditions are not just possible but expected in a particular area, in a, usually within a 24-hour period. Now, you can actually outrun some of these storms if you get enough of a head start, and you have to consider whether getting out of Dodge is the wisest choice. If you live on the coast or in an area that floods often, well, rising tide waters, known as a storm surge, may cause impressive flooding, and indeed flooding is the leading cause of deaths due to hurricanes. The good idea is always to have a set of supplies ready to go for any emergency. We call this kit a bug out bag or a go bag some people call it a good bag a get out of dodge bag although I don't hear that too often usually it's bug out or go bags and if you're a survivalist you'd probably have heard the recommendation to pack for 72 hours in case of a disaster that number however is pretty arbitrary I don't know why it has to be that you should be prepared honestly I think To have at least a week's supply of food and drinking water, as well as extra clothing and medical supplies. Now, it's important to have a go bag to make sure you have the supplies like food and water.
1: Handy dandy to
0: extra clothing,
1: grab and go.
0: Exactly. The important thing, I think, is to make that decision first to get out of Dodge. And there are going to be evacuation orders by the authorities that are going to tell you to hit the road. And ignoring those orders is very risky business. Matter of fact, so far, 32,000 people who stayed in the area, in the South Texas area, during the storm have had to be rescued from their flooded homes by the authorities, the Cajun Navy, and a bunch of other volunteers.
1: Oh, some really nice people. I will say that it's not all their fault because at least the mayor of Houston did not order an evacuation. So, the folks had to make a decision themselves. Do I live in a low-lying area that kind of tends to flood even with a little excessive rain.
0: Well, a lot of people said that they hadn't ever, they'd lived in the area 40 years and never saw a flood.
1: Never saw flood. So that's definitely not their fault. And I, and I don't blame them for not making a grab-and-go or a get-out-of-dodge bag and actually leaving because they said, hey, this never happens to us. Nobody predicted that there was going to be 52 inches of rain until just before it was coming. Oh. Then they started saying, "Oh, you know, we think this is going to stall, and I heard three feet. No. I did hear three feet. Oh,
0: brain. just yeah.
1: but it was really just before it was landing. Hours. right. And at that point, you risk getting on a road, which is what happened in Katrina, and getting stuck. Right. Who wants to get stuck on a road with a category three, which turned into a category four, barreling down upon you, and you're on a highway with thousands of other people, and no one's moving. That's the last place you want to be during a, a hurricane.
0: So a lot of people, as a result, Just stayed, didn't have a chance. Right, stayed at stayed at home. And if and if you decide to weather a storm like this at home, you better have an idea of what your home's weak spots are. What amount of sustained wind can your structure withstand? And most homes are built to withstand about ninety mile an hour winds. When uh, South Florida was devastated by Hurricane Andrew back in ninety two. New homes in South Florida were then mandated afterwards to be able to withstand 125-mile-an-hour winds. Uh, Hurricane Harvey had sustained winds of over 130-mile-an-hour winds, and that puts into question the structural integrity of a lot of older homes in the Texas and Louisiana coast area.
1: Right, directly on the coastal area. Corpus Christi. We still don't know the full devastation. They can't even get in there, really. There's not a lot of film crews. You see one or two here and there, but... They're just not showing us everything that's happened. Right now, they're still in the rescue phase.
0: And they're still finding bodies and things like that. So we don't even know what a real death count is. I think it's 17 right now. But they're probably going to find other people that so ran sad. afoul of the storm. Right, really terrible just
1: unexpected stuff. devastation.
0: So what would be the best place in your home to serve as a safe room? Well, it should be in the part of the home that's most downwind of the direction from which the hurricane is hitting you. Now, you should be certain to plan for certain needs uh, that are special needs maybe family members and pets may have. Uh, you have to... Wind, and by the way, you might wind up taking care of more people than you expect. So have more water, non-perishable food, maybe medical supplies. And then you think you'll need... Remember, you need a gallon of water per day per person, pretty much minimum. Make sure you fill your bathtubs with fresh water.
1: Well, this is what's happening now. Our neighbors are taking in neighbors in houston and other areas also i keep referring back to houston because that's what we see mostly on the news feeds is that neighbors who don't have flooded houses maybe down the street or on the next block are inviting neighbors that they see walking or who are are clearly in a flood to come over to their house so these These people are Americans helping Americans. This is not, well, you're my race or you're my religion or you're from the same country that I'm from if if you're not from here. These people are just Americans helping Americans or Americans helping anyone or anyone helping the other people. In fact, we can break it down to more basic. They're human beings helping other human beings. Absolutely. And, And without any judgment on what type of person you are they're just inviting folks into their home people are rescuing others who don't live in this area we have this cajun navy that's come from louisiana of course they're going to have to go back soon and start helping folks over there in
0: louisiana right
1: right there's already some that have had to you know move and and sort of get together and organize over there because the storm is moving and there are new people that need help So it's been an incredible effort. And it's not just been people relying on the government. They've been putting out help signals from Twitter and from Facebook. There are are monitored groups that have rescue folks that are looking for people putting out these signals so they can respond back and say, hey, I'm going to come get you.
0: Right, and a lot of podcasters in the area are also putting out... uh and organizing uh, help yes. and relief efforts. Uh, I know that Andy Valdez of uh, LegalDefense.com is uh, and the Price of Business podcast. He's got people together to help people help victims in the area. I believe his uh,
1: name is Doc Green. Doc
0: Green, Doc has, Green has a podcast Radio also. Radio show, right? In in and these are Texas folks that indeed are helping others and and just coordinating relief efforts, I think, Absolutely. is a wonderful thing. I just wanted to say a couple of things. If you are, are going to hit the road, or even if you're not, and you can make sure that your car is going to be above the level of, of the floodwaters, then you should have one of those phone chargers that are car phone chargers, one to f- plug into the cigarette lighter Absolutely, because your car battery
1: area. might be the only thing that you have to uh, charge your phone. When electricity goes down, Now a lot of people have... Any other source of energy, and generators, if they're flooded, certainly aren't going to work, but if your car is actually out of water, you could use the car charger inside.
0: Exactly. I also suggest having some cash on hand, because when the the power's out, then a lot of these uh, credit card or debit card uh, machines or ATMs won't work, so have some cash. Put it in the mattress. I don't know what you want to do with it, but... Keep some cash on hands because the purchasing power shortage yep. will get you, too. So you want to have some cash so you can purchase supplies with cash. Good point, honey. Not- and,
1: and before this all happens, of course, you had talked about you know getting supplies and getting food and, and having enough water for folks, at least even some water filters. If you run out of clean water that you've stored, if you have really good water filters... That can at least get most of the toxins and things that are going to cause diarrheal disease or vomiting
0: right. out of
1: the water, then you can just use the water that's around you it's it's sure. not the greatest thing, but at least people won't die of dehydration.
0: Blood waters are a major problem; they are not clean waters, there may be water exactly. water everywhere but the truth of the matter is is that it's not water that you can safely drink without sterilizing it if you don't have uh, a filter that sterilizes it like the life straw or the mini sawyer filter well,
1: those filters don't sterilize but they do purify they purify
0: purify water make it make it eligible for drinking
1: absolutely right absolutely Uh,
0: some household bleach may also help Uh, you can steril you can uh, disinfect Questionable water with about 12 to 16 drops per gallon of household bleach, although you have to wait 30 minutes before drinking. It's important to have water, but it's also important to have ice. And why do you need ice? You need ice to keep your refrigerated stuff cold so it doesn't spoil. And then, of course, you should turn your refrigerator down to its Coldest, lowest, yes. lowest, right possible Absolutely. temperature to get everything cold, cold, cold. You can get uh, Tupperware containers filled with ice.
1: Absolutely, any kind of plastic containers, including Ziploc bags. You might want to double the bags though, because they can break if you put too much water and it. it freezes. Ice is pretty sharp, folks. So fill up all of your Tupperware type containers, even. Pots and pans with water. Anything will work. Again, don't fill them up too high or you're going to pop them. (laughs) And you'll pop the top. But if you put lots of those, fill up every nook and cranny in your freezer. After those freeze, they're going to really help to keep your food super cold for a a much longer possibility. And then when your electricity does go out, you can quickly open the freezer and move some of those frozen containers into the refrigerator to continue and maintain a, a cold in the refrigerator, a better temperature.
0: Absolutely. Before there were refrigerators, what did they have? They had blocks ice box, of ice. ice boxes. That's right. They used to call it the ice box. That's right. And so blocks of, make your own blocks of ice, and that'll keep your food uh, safe to eat for a longer period of time. I want to talk a little bit about food. Let's make sure you keep it cold, as I mentioned.
1: Absolutely. You want to
0: wrap food items in aluminum foil if you have it. And eliminate air pockets, cram the foil packs together as closely as possible, and that will keep cold temperatures in as well. Uh, If you have meats that are not cooked before the hurricane gets close, uh, what you need to do is to cook them.
1: Have a barbecue. Right. (laughs) But don't eat it. Just cook it. And then
0: store it. Put it in the fridge. (laughs) Right. If there are perishable (laughs) items that you have, eat those first, and then eat the canned foods later. And, of course... The home spend a lot of time with the refrigerator door open, deciding what to eat. Always keep your refrigerator door closed.
1: Exactly. You should know exactly what you want to pull out. Hopefully, where it's located, and get it out quickly. Only if you have absolutely have to have that item.
0: Exactly. Now, your shelter. That's the next important thing. Of course, you have to decide on a room, a, a safe room. You choose a room in the interior of the home, and preferably one that does not have windows. That uh, or If you pick one with windows, those windows should have shutters, uh, but a lot of people don't have hurricane shutters. So that's something. If not, then a room that's in the direct center of the house, like a closet, if you have a walk-in closet, that might be a good choice. Uh, If you have shutters, make sure you put them up. Sometimes it's a pain in the neck to do that. We have shutters that are very heavy, (laughs) and it is a real decision, tough decision for us to put them up, but when we put them up, It is, I tell you, a day-long job, and uh, I wish we had those automatic ones that you push a button and shutters go up and down, but but we don't happen to have that. Uh, You should put them up at least 24 hours before the hurricane's landfall because it's just not fun to put them up when there's gale force winds. No,
1: I've done that. Not gale force, but... Pretty strong winds Pouring rain well, they just,
0: rain. We've done that
1: Occasionally it's pointed in one direction And then that hurricane moves And suddenly it's barreling down To your area exactly. So there are times when you've got to be putting Shutters up when it's a little breezy out
0: There you go uh, you want to uh, move your furniture and your plants inside. If you can't move patio furniture or your potted plants inside, then what you need to do is chain them together, put them all together into one just big bunch at, against an outer wall that's downwind from the direction of the storm. If you have trees mm-hmm. that have a big giant crown, try to prune them in such a fashion so that some of the wind can get through it. Otherwise, those are the types of trees that are downed in the storm.
1: Well, what will happen is they form an umbrella type effect. If they have too many branches, so what you want to do is you want to trim them so the the air goes through them instead of being caught.
0: Yes, so that makes a lot of sense. We don't have a lot of trunk. Well, we don't have we do have some trees like that in South Florida, but palm trees and things like that seem to let the wind through very well, and
1: they they bend a little bit.
0: Yeah, they have a sort of spongy trunk, a little
1: bit of a rubbery effect when it comes to the winds.
0: Now people say that uh, candles. Uh, can be knocked over by winds and cause fires so if you use candles stick them into a pan that has shiny sides that will actually uh, reflect,
1: uh, reflect the light the light and it's deep more enough more of a lantern type right. look
0: make sure they're deep enough to cover the flame and that's a good way to to use your candles and buy some tarps go to home depot or or lowes or any of those uh
1: I think they call them big box, improvement big box stores, stores home type. improvement stores whatever
0: <laughs> and get tarps There are large tarps that can cover windows that after the storm, it can cover areas of the roof. If you lost some shingles or things like that, that may be damaged. That's important. Now, don't forget about power. You want to fill up gas and propane tanks early and frequently in every hurricane season. Make sure that you know how to shut off the electricity, gas, and water if you need to. Yes. And... Maybe get a generator. You should consider getting a generator if you can afford it and some extra gas cans. The thing is, though, gas grills, generators, things like that should never be used indoors. The fumes never, can ever, overcome you. Never, exactly. Now there are other important considerations, and they include well, the kids, right? You want to have board games. You want to have toys and books to keep the children, off, um, children, uh, mi- their mind
1: occupied and, right. l- and less stressful too. Uh, you know, this is a lot of. Running around, they see the worry on their parents' face And if you're listening to a radio If you've lost your electricity A lot of times you've got broadcasting The kids are probably in earshot of that Because there aren't televisions and other things To drown out the noise So they're picking up on what's going on So they're as emotional and in tune with This is a bad situation So try to distract them if you can Don't involve them in every little detail of everything that's going on outside all the deaths and all the destruction children exactly. don't need to be faced with that they're right. not responsible for it they can't do anything about it all they can do is worry and be upset about it
0: of course at home they'll have their favorite stuffed animals or pillows and things like that but if you're evacuating let them take some stuff that reminds them of home so A that they can't right, right exactly now remember you have other kids too don't forget to take into account the needs of whatever pets you might have, have food and water and their favorite toy available when you leave or uh, or whether you leave or stay at home.
1: Wait, I just want to mention one um, really, I mean, one humorous picture that came out of this hurricane was a dog named Otis that just got off the, parent, the owner's patio. But when he went for a walk, apparently he walks around The town a lot. Uh, He's sort of a little bit of a local hero because he goes to hospitals and he calms down people who have epilepsy and who have asthma. So he is a service dog Mm -hmm. of sorts. I'm not sure he's an official service dog, but he does visit. They actually let him go down the street by himself to the Dairy Queen, and Dairy Queen will give him food, and he gets to sit on the porch of the Dairy Queen. As a little honorary celebrity and eat his food and then he marches himself home. Well, Otis went on a little walk after Harvey came. Uh-huh. But Otis is really smart, apparently. Otis took a bag of dog food with him.
0: No kidding. Carried, <laughs> took his dog food. Took
1: his dog food with him. I don't know. If he sensed something wasn't going quite right and he might get stuck somewhere. So the dog, who's never done this before, carried a bag of dog food with him down the street, and someone captured a picture. <laughs> Otis is back home safely with his family, um, and they're probably going to watch him a little more carefully. <laughs> yeah, I think they should. <laughs> but Otis went for a walk yeah. after Harvey.
0: Well, so we got the kids. We have your other kids, your dogs and dogs and, the other and pets. cats. Then sorry. you have your other, other kid, and that means that you should make sure your car, your other, other kid... Is in good working order, filled with gas. Yes. Make sure you have spare gas cans in case of a shortage at the pumps. That's always a good idea. And don't forget to bring documents to. Always have important documents like birth certificates, passports, insurance documents, other things in waterproof containers. Or scan them or send and send them to in an email to yourself.
1: Absolutely. So
0: you have that, that's important. And to keep in track of things, keep your radio on. You get a NOAA weather radio, battery powered or hand cranked. And that'll be an important source of information.
1: Or solar-powered also.
0: Right. That would be good, too. Being prepared for a hurricane, that can make sure that the storm is going to be just a bump on the road, not the end of the road for you and your family. Have a plan of action. Get some supplies, and you will be prepared for it. One thing I really want to say before I go on to other things, it's just amazing how thrill-seekers will go out in the middle of a storm, like Hurricane Harvey, and they just go out in dangerous winds they take selfies do other silly things and i just want to say this is a recipe for a very bad outcome and people can get killed there indeed during hurricane sandy several people were killed because they wanted to go out during the worst part of the storm you got to take hurricane seriously there's danger from flooding flying debris falling trees all sorts of stuff so please be careful i also wanted just to mention for a second, some items that are going to be useful in the cleanup after the storm. You're going to need work gloves, plastic garbage bags, duct tape, insect repellent, definitely, and even tweezers to deal with splinters that eventually come with having to move a lot of debris. You might need a chainsaw as well. You have to always remember that there will be a lot of stuff that's been flown around and thrown around, right. and you've got to clean up afterwards. Things that are a big issue, of course, are, besides hitting the road early, is to make the decision to leave for higher ground before flooding occurs and roads are blocked. Of course, you want to have a NOAA weather radio. You want to be very careful walking through floodwaters. You see people walking through floodwaters so deep that they may not be able to see what the heck is down there on the ground that they may be walking right into and actually injuring themselves. Now... Drowning is the most common cause of death during a flood, especially a flash flood, but rapidly moving water can knock you off your feet, even if the water is less than a foot deep. And if you're looking at the TV, bird, be quiet. If you're looking at the TV, you're seeing a lot of deep water that people are having to trudge through, and you could drown if you were getting knocked down in water just a foot deep, so... It can be pretty crazy Even calm floodwaters are often murky And they hide debris that cause injuries when you walk through them Now, driving through a flooded area, that's an issue as well Many people wind up drowning in their car As a matter of fact, a, tragically a family of six May amazingly drown in their car as the car stalled out of moving water And most vehicles can be carried away by water Just maybe a couple of feet deep uh, roads, Bridges, those are easily washed out if you wait too long to leave an area. So plan before a flood occurs to see if there is a high road to safety, one that may be flooded last, let's say. There, of course, there are down power lines. There was one man that was electrocuted for trying to save his sister's cat, no less. And electric current has to you have to know that electric current can be easily conducted through water. You don't have to touch the down power line to be electrocuted. Just step in the water nearby. There's so many instances of electrocutions occurring as a result of rescuers jumping into the water to try to save victims of a shock. uh, And they just in turn wind up getting electrocuted and you wind up having several people as casualties. Remember that the water is bad. I think I mentioned that already that, uh, Flood water is not clean water. You have to be able to sterilize a gallon of water uh, with, let's say, 12 to 16 drops of household bleach. I mentioned that already. And you have to know that floodwaters may not recede very quickly. I don't think that that's going to be the case in Houston, for example, or Port Arthur and a couple of these other places. And so you have to realize that you need to have non-perishable food, bottled water, Heat and light sources, batteries, tools, extra clothing, medical kit, uh, a cell phone, no radio among your supplies. If you're a prepper, you are already prepared with a lot of this stuff. So I may be preaching to the choir there. If you've got reason to believe that water is going to get into your home, you should probably turn off the electricity. If you don't, the water reaches the level of electric outlets. You could be in big trouble. If you see sparks or strange sounds like crackling, (laughs) buzzing, or popping... Well, you got a problem. Uh, Of course, there may be intruders, and and a lot of people think, well, these uh, uh, looters that came into the Houston area and into Port Arthur have been taking stuff. Well, that may be it. But you also have animal intruders as well. There are critters that have been flooded out of their homes. They may seek shelter in yours. So you may be surprised to find there are snakes, raccoons, insects, other refugees that may decide that your residence is now their territory. So... They may not be interested in your valuables, but they may be certainly interested in any dry places you have that they can nest. Uh, make sure you watch your step when you enter your home, because there's likely to be debris everywhere. Floors may be covered with mud that causes a slip and fall hazard. That's a big problem. Check for gas leaks. Uh, Certainly until you do Do not use candles, lanterns, stoves or lighters Until you're sure the gas has been turned off The area is well ventilated If there's something that smells funny you got a problem uh, Only use generators, camping stoves And charcoal grills outside I think I might have mentioned that already And clean out any saturated items completely If cans of food get wet in the flood The surfaces could be covered with mud Or otherwise contaminated you got to thoroughly wash the food containers And utensils and any personal items Before you use them Don't use appliances or motors that have gotten wet until they have completely dried. You might have to take some apart to actually clean debris out of them. And you know what? You really need to get some waterproof containers if you're in an area that could possibly be flooded. Waterproof containers can protect food. They can protect personal items. Really protect documents. That really is important. And more. If your area is at risk for flooding, you got to have it protected. And you have to realize that floods are just one of the many natural disasters but they cause a lot of deaths and they really are something that can occur almost anywhere even in desert areas so you've got to be very very careful if you can plan and have some supplies available you might be able to have a better chance to keep your loved ones safe and healthy in this kind of disaster hey if you know of jack Spearco's survival podcast actually i think one of the granddaddies of survival and prepper podca- podcasting in the country you certainly you certainly will know that we are part of his expert council with medical experts on his expert council and we answer a lot of questions from people and i found an interesting question recently that we answered on the podcast about diatomaceous earth now diatomaceous earth as you know is used for a lot of different things but some people ingest it, and some are concerned that it may not be safe to ingest. Other people feel that they should ingest it on a daily basis for detoxifying purposes. And so I answer here an interesting question from one of Jack's listeners and one of our listeners that might give you a little insight into what it's all about. Hi, Joe Alden, MD here, also known as Dr. Bones of the survival medicine website, doomandbloom.net, and co-author of the Survival Medicine Handbook, the essential guide for when help is not on the way. Today's question for the expert counsel comes from Chad, who writes, Are there limits to safely consume food-grade diatomaceous earth? I've heard diatomaceous earth is good for detoxifying the body, so we mix a little, one tablespoon or so, in soups and gravies from time to time, but I've read that too much silica may harm the kidneys. How much is too much? I'm about 240 pounds and my wife's about 108 pounds soaking wet, so I'm thinking the occasional spoon of diatomaceous earth into food is well within the realm of being safe. But could there be any ill effects from consuming diatomaceous earth, such as diarrhea or constipation? I understand to not breathe it in, but are there any other concerns? We also sprinkle a little into our long-term stored pasta buckets just as a precaution against any creepy crawlies. About a teaspoon in the bottom, another teaspoon or so in the middle, and one near the top of our buckets. Then, of course, store the bucket in a cool, dark place, and we use first in, first out with everything. A huge thank you to Jack and Doc Bones. I found the Survival Medicine Handbook to be very useful I keep a copy sealed up in a five-gallon bucket with our over-the-counter medical supplies so it would be very easy to grab the bucket and take it if ever needed. The freshest medicines go into the bucket, and the older bottles get taken out and put into the bathroom cabinet to get used up as needed. Chad, first, thanks for the kind words and support. Diatomaceous earth is composed of the defossilized remains of phytoplankton, a type of hard-shelled algae. Food-grade diatomaceous earth is 0.5% crystalline silica, as opposed to 1-3% to silica, which is used in swimming pool filters and as a filler in paints, plastics, and cements, among other things. The industrial-grade version is not for human ingestion. Both the food-grade and industrial-grade diatomaceous earth are not good to inhale, as you mentioned. Food-grade diatomaceous earth is added to stores of grains to eliminate bugs that might eat or contaminate them, so you're using that correctly. Uh, They also use it for parasite control, livestock as a dewormer, and it's generally considered as safe for ingestion by the FDA. Now, many people believe that food-grade diatomaceous earth has various health benefits, and some recommend the regular ingestion of food-grade diatomaceous earth as good for whatever hails you. Well, the truth is that any substance that is claimed to be a cure-all probably isn't, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily harmful either. Diatomaceous earth might have untoward effects in some, however, such as constipation and bloating, but the way you're taking it, Chad, is probably just fine, except for one thing. Instead of mixing it with food, you should take diatomaceous earth at least an hour away from meals or taking any medications. The reason for this is that diatomaceous earth absorbs nutrients from the food in your stomach and may lessen the effects of medicine you're on. It's best to drink it with water or some flavored drink if you hate the chalky taste. This is Joe Alton, MD, that old Dr. Bones, wishing you the best of health and good times or bad. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you are in the Niagara Falls area, area of Ontario, Lake Erie, that neck of the woods, if you notice that the fish you catch in the lake are looking a little more perky, well, guess what? It apparently might be due to to concentrations of human antidepressants that they are finding in fish brains over there. Over 10 different types of fish in the Niagara River have been found to have the active ingredients in Zoloft, Prozac, and other happy pills built up in their brains. And the types of fish include smallmouth bass, largemouth bass, rock bass, white bass, white perch, walleye, steelhead, and yellow perch. And the source of the contamination Sure enough, it is wastewater There apparently are places That are manufacturing These drugs in the area And the certainly Threat to diversity Of the fish population There is a problem It doesn't seem to kill the fish And it's a good question As to whether it's affecting Their behavior in any way But it seems to be Quite an issue Remember that the use of antidepressants is occurring uh, is rising at a pretty rapid rate. I think it's risen about sixty five percent between the year two thousand and the year two thousand and fifteen, and that's that's a lot. I mean, people are being diagnosed as having all sorts of behavioral issues uh, and diagnoses nowadays, and they're giving them antidepressants, and it certainly has to end up in our wastewater and in our environment as well as part of the manufacturing process ends up in our lakes. And we, I think we should take a look at that. And, of course, I'm sort of an environmental kind of guy, and I think that this is a big issue. I should say that the levels of antidepressants in the fish brains don't seem to pose a danger to people who eat them. I guess not a lot of people are eating fish brains, but they need to figure out what's going on, where this is coming from, And they need to do something about it, do something that might possibly decrease the level of antidepressants that you'll find there. I just wanted to thank everybody for listening to this week's Survival Medicine Hour. We are on the road and will be in the next few weeks. We are currently in the great state of Tennessee. We'll be in Chattanooga speaking at the RK Prepper Show, then at the next RK Prepper Show just the next week in Knoxville, Tennessee, and then traveling out west to Denver, Colorado to the Self-Reliance Expo. We are very, very excited about heading out west as well and seeing our, seeing our friends. We don't get to hang out. We hang out in the southeast a lot, but we don't get to hang out in the west or the west coast too often, and we are really excited to be there this time around. We hope that... You've enjoyed the Survival Medicine Hour with Joe and Amy Alton. I just want to remind everybody that September is National Preparedness Month. Sure enough, even the government wants you to be prepared against any kind of disasters. And so we'll be talking a lot about different issues relating to preparedness pretty much almost on a daily basis. So follow us at (music) www.doomandbloom.net.